Alrighty guys, so today I'm actually going to be joining you on the rewatch of this podcast. Uh, last night I was I had the privilege to get Joe Bennett, the hypertrophy coach, on board um, and have a chat to me. He chat, he had a chat to me at 9 a.m. his time, uh, 8 a.m. to his time, and so that made it 11 p.m. down here in Melbourne. So. Yeah, I was in bed last night pretty much um, having a chat to Joe about all things hypertrophy and home training and it was just incredible. It was such a good talk and he was unapologetically Joe Bennett and if you've seen any of his stuff, um, you know he can talk and you know he tries very hard to make sure everyone is included in his answer and you know tries to cover all of his tracks because he understands more than anyone that all answers when it comes to health and fitness are individual you know they have to be taken into account across all boards and not just i think where a lot of trainers get stuck is you know they always talk about optimal you know they're always trying to say what's the optimal the best um you know so doing three sets over four sets you know is going to be more optimal for this person or squats is better than leg press you know and having these really emotional attachments to exercises and things like uh, anything to do with it and he's very good at taking away taking a step back and looking at it as a much more overall approach and he just delves into basically everything if you don't know who joe is he's the thing that is great about him you know he's got heaps of certifications you know he's gone through and done a lot of stuff with Charles Poliquin he helped in 2016 help build up Ben Pakolsky's gym which was a um, Mr Olympia contender uh, build up his MI40 gym over a couple of years and if you haven't checked out that side of things as well the muscle intelligence um, podcast it's absolutely great um, especially during this time because you know it's it's much more about the holistic approach but yeah they built that up um and how he he was a part of that and yeah you know the way that he explains exercises and the way that he you know talks about intensity and everything it's just great you should really get him check out but anyway today um we're going to be talking about how to deal with losing muscle you know if that's a problem we're going to be talking about improving your waist control which i personally believe is super important during this time um and he goes into why how to listen to online information which is massive um you know because obviously all the information we're getting now is essentially online so who are the coaches to follow um what should you consider when you're taking in advice um we talk about how specifics don't really matter too much right now um he goes into it really really deep um but you know it's less about how many reps and sets you're doing and learning how to train hard um we talk about everything we talk about the main the main points to or the main equipment to grab when it comes to training you know if you are training at home for the elites and all the way down to the very first piece of equipment that you buy and yeah you know we just talk about everything joe talks about everything he's he does very he does a lot of content that's you know 30 40 minutes long and yeah you're about to hear some great insights so make sure you listen in and yeah let's do this guys
What's going on? Am I on? Good. Is it working? You're on. Good morning, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for getting on board. Absolutely. Hold on. Let me see if I can figure out how to get my speaker going here. That's all right. Because uh, I can hear you. Well, whatever. This will work. <laughs> Fine. Uh, how's, how's your boy? Uh, oh, he's good. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's got a... Uh, I've got one that just seems to kind of get sick a little bit easier. He's got a little bit of a kind of a sensitive su- uh, stomach, so um, yeah, not not really anything that seemed to last more than 24 hours. So okay, good. Oh man, it's it's good to um, get you in. It's nice and late here down in Australia. It, yeah. Um, it was good though. We got a daylight saving, so our when it hour back, so it's actually 10 o'clock, not 11. So we're both winning. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right. So, look, basically one of the main reasons why you were like a dream a dream podcast guest for me because when i've been following your content for a little while i've got your app i've been watching how you um how you tell your clients and how you talk to people online and it's it's just awesome it's like nothing i've ever seen because you're very good at telling people or explaining to people what's important for the individual and what i guess they don't need to worry about and i love that about you thank you Can you still hear me? Oh, uh, yeah. You there, big man? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah, you hear I can me? hear you. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right, Joe. So, talk to me. You, obviously, unlike a lot of people, have access to a lot of people asking you questions and, you know, talking and asking you about home training and everything like that. What are you finding is the general response at the moment as far as home training goes? Uh, I mean, overall, I mean, I, I kind of always say this is, I mean, especially for, you know, a coach or a trainer you know, the first job um, is not so much obviously just provide actually specific information, not even to provide specific results, um, but it's to manage expectation, you know? So, I mean, any client, whether it's someone obviously wanting to get on the Olympia stage, um, you know, or someone middle-aged just trying to be healthier, you know, they kind of come to you and say, hey, here's what I bring to the table. Um, And with what they are willing to bring to the table, you know, you should tell them, well, here's what's gonna happen. You know, here's here's the expected potential outcome, obviously based on your experience. And, um, you know, so those are the first conversations I think people, one, need someone else to help them have, or, and then two, most importantly for them to kind of admit to themselves, you know, what is going to be brought to the table and what can I expect from this? Um, you know, and so, I mean, it's, um, I don't think there's a, a massive change for a whole lot of people out there. You know, there's kind of basically, I think a little period of a couple of days, maybe, or some people it's quicker, some people longer, where it's like, okay, this is the new norm for now. Um, you know, and given what I've got, you know, here's what I can expect from it. Um, and you'd be surprised. And obviously a lot of people, you know, I'm not, I'm not currently competing, you know, I wasn't obviously prepping for any shows or something. So, you know, I have, I have a degree of empathy for people that especially it's their living, you know, the professional bodybuilders and stuff like that, um, where it's tough. Cause obviously they're very, uh, as they should be like end goal oriented. They're trying to get on stage a certain day and look a certain way. Um, but even for a lot of those guys, um, and gals, everybody kind of in between most everybody likes training to start just for a lot of the feelings you get from it i mean that's like no one ever really picks up weights the first day i don't think it says i can't wait to get on stage all oiled up you know wearing a little bikini or a little speedo or whatever it is you know most people like it for actually the feeling of training hard um you know obviously the kind of positive hormonal benefits you can instantly feel from it in the long term 
Um, you know, maybe the mental uh, benefits you get from it, again, from immediate training and things like that. So I, I a lot of people overall are handling it well for the most part, where it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to grow at this point in time. Maybe hopefully I'll maintain some muscle at this point in time, you know, but I can still figure something out where I'm getting that benefit of feeling like I'm working hard moving um, and again I think that's massively important I've, I've had the conversations with a couple people now where it's like you know a lot of people like the training is basically like anchor for their day to some extent um, and even for people who've got maybe bigger priorities they might say that their spouse or their family or their kids or their job or their business is more important than their training they still prioritize training as much as anything else where okay well this is how my day starts or if I do this at this point in time of the day scheduled as important as anything else um so again we've had a lot of people have a lot of things kind of turned upside down in their schedules now big important stuff um so i think a lot of people are just kind of finding once they kind of just kind of make peace with what their training is going to be you know they can kind of have a little bit of like a foothold or an anchor just saying okay well i've still got this got this at this point in time um and again because it's <laughs> a lot of us a lot of times i mean a lot of us there's some people obviously are really working their ass off like medical professionals are taking the brunt of it right now you know there's a lot of people that are stressed that are literally you know their income's been cut off um, but again, for a lot of us, it's just the reality is we're, we're kind of just taking away some luxuries. You know, you maybe not have some alone time with your spouse anymore. You know, you can't go out on a date. You can't go out for a drink or to eat or whatever it is. Um, you know, so a lot of us, that's like our outlet. You know, it's the things where we relieve stress or we kind of have a little like me time, whatever you want to call it. Um, so again, I think even now more than ever, getting some kind of emotional uh, and then tying over to physical mental relief from your training um, is really, really important. That That's definitely what... Um what I think as well, that emotional aspect is going to be one of the big reasons on why we continue to train and why we're doing that. Now, how you talk also a lot about managing expectations when it comes to not just training from home, but just training with whatever intensity someone's going to give you. So what sort of expectations should we look at as far as home training goes now? Yeah, I mean, so it's, you know, the, the kind of one of the obvious things and, you know, people kind of get confused with the way that I'll present information or show exercises or do some things because, you know, if you're just kind of, I always joke, like you get people, which is good. I mean, I want people basically at some point in time to get exposed to my information for the first time. Um, but sometimes people get exposed to information the first time and they come and they see me doing something with a cable or a band. Um, and it, especially if it's something that they haven't seen before, kind of your third, first thought can be like, oh, like he's just doing that for the sake of doing that. Um, but the reality is if you have stuff that's kind of principle-based, um, sometimes you just come to different solutions that it could have the exact same principles being applied that's just using a barbell where appropriate for an exercise could be the exact same principles applied just for a different body part or a different motion could look like cables or bands or just weird stuff um so you know originally like sometimes people are like oh this guy's always got very specific things and just weird stuff so you think oh man like i'm i'm out of luck now because i don't have access to my cables and my bands and all these you know pieces of equipment and machines which i use sometimes um but the reality is if you just you're always just kind of looking for the best solution at hand. Um, so again, if like, even though I will choose a, a better solution or well, sometimes it's not a big deal. Like it's literally for me, it's like, okay, I don't have that tool anymore. Like what's the next best thing? Um, you know, so I think a lot of it now is the big challenge the vast majority of people are going to have um, is just getting adequate load. You know, so I mean, if you're someone out there that's, you know, literally you're deadlifting seven plates from the floor, um, and that's one of your big movements you've been progressing and now you're at home and you've got bands and dumbbells. Uh, obviously, there's nothing you can really do to reproduce that level of load, you know, for that specific exercise and specific muscles that you're attempting to train. Um, so again, if I, if I look at the kind of the, the simple version of what 
potentially leads to hypertrophy or building muscle in your training. You know, you have load, um, you have fatigue, um, and you have as a result of those things often getting to very slow reps, unintentionally slow reps. So basically once you're hitting failure points. Um, so I would say a lot of people right now aren't going to be able to get load no matter what they do. Um, but potentially you can still, you know, take yourself to the point where hopefully producing enough force to either, you know, maybe build some new muscle or hang on to some muscle, you know, if you're getting points of extreme fatigue um, and you're still kind of hitting failure points. And so that's where a lot of people are now is um, once you can kind of make that switch for some things, there's no way around. You might literally be doing 20 or 30 reps, um, which, again, is its own kind of new horrible. Some people I know are already benefiting from that, just doing some things they normally wouldn't do. Um, so maybe the idea of novel stimulus has a place sometimes. Um, but again, so right now, I think it's, you know, it's the same thing. I'll have people be like, well, is this enough for me to maintain or is this enough for me to grow? And I always say it's the same thing. It's like looking at like, well, I look at Phil Heath's arm training and not that there's anything wrong with it, but I look at it and I say, well, is that enough for me to get, you know, 22 inch arms? And I mean, I know the answer already is no, but it's enough for him to get 22 inch arms. So it's the same for anything in training. You never really know what a training stimulus is going to do to an individual. Uh, because individual response is always different, you know. So most people, lighter loads, higher repetitions, trying to still hit failure points and train through fatigue. Uh, and again, some people will grow some muscle during this period of time. Again, they're just the type of people that maybe respond to that stimulus. Some people will maintain. Um, and again, some people will lose some muscle. Uh, but again, as everybody knows, it's just kind of it's kind of mentally tough. It's like, okay, maybe I'm going to lose some muscle for a month, two months, three months. Who knows how long it's going to go on in different areas of the world. Um, but it comes back fast. I mean, that's the thing that people know anecdotally i mean it's nothing new i mean people have known that you know since people have been training probably you know for 100 plus years or whatever um and people like which is fine you know that there's actually evidence of we don't really know what it is but there's actual you know evidence now that there is a mind muscle or excuse me a, a um uh muscle memory type thing you know where basically there is something that seems to happen mm. you know from a physiological standpoint that lets people get back to levels they were previously at very quickly um you know so i think if people are doing their best you know they may maintain some muscles the worst case scenario is people are going to lose some muscle uh, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff people can do now where they can have your body you know take it as almost a little bit of a break maybe focus more on some recovery tools focus on as much as you can on your own maybe hopefully maybe fixing or correcting some stuff that's not maybe the exact right word um, but some people can come out of this where they've improved a lot of stuff yeah maybe they're down you know a few pounds of tissue but there's no reason that can't come back faster faster than it did in the first place um, and potentially get to a better spot out the other side if you know maybe if you had elbow issues or shoulder issues or knee issues this can be a decent time to try to do your best to resolve some of that yeah and you also talk a lot about um improving your waist control which is something that i'm super big on as well could you elaborate a little bit more on that yeah i mean it's um you know it's some of the things that's where uh, the nature of a lot of bodybuilding and training in general um, whether you look from, you know, the elite level or you look from, you know, your average weight loss client, um, I say it's, there's not any fancy information that is keeping people from the results. Um, it's just the hard part is relatively simple information um, applied consistently, <laughs> consistently uh, for long, long periods of time. Uh, and that's the hard part. Um, and so whether it's the average person, I'll joke, it's, you know, having trained when I started was mainly, you know, looking again, average person, I would say your average client um, is general health or weight loss, you know, and I figured out pretty fast. Some people just like to talk about nutrition and diet, I think, to kind of take some ownership off themselves. Um, and so when you have those conversations, you realize, OK, well, there's not really any tricky information. You know, if you're just trying to lose 20 or 30 pounds, you kind of most people know to an extent what they need to do, at least 90 percent of the way. Um, it's just really actually adhering to it that's tough. So it's the same thing with waist control. 
you know, of course, again, I say 90%, there's the 10%. There's there's some things, again, where I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with having on paper a good routine, maybe some unique information and application for cueing, or here's how to feel this, or here's how to do that. But most of waste control um, is just, it's it's stuff that you just have to do every single day consistently. Uh, and again, I know from firsthand, I'm guilty of when I don't really have something that's like, you know, if I'm getting on stage or something, that's a great, great reason for me to actually adhere to waste training or waste control better. Um, or again, most people, it's like, well, they don't really, they're not really missing a whole lot of information. You know, they're just missing application. And, and I think that's what the, the time like this really kind of exposes that in a lot of people where it's again, some people, if they don't have everything the exact way that they want it, their adherence goes out the window. And it's like, well, you know, if, if some things coming up and you go from doing whatever you're doing to nothing, you know, that might be your issues where again, some things that maybe that are really the stem of your adherence or lack of adherence where again people shouldn't get too overly attached to their tools where it's like oh i have to have this i have to have this exact thing because again as soon as one little thing goes off or like in this case one big thing goes off uh, then it's not hard for people to use that as an excuse to just completely go off the rails and do nothing so you know waist training is literally most people have a concept of what muscles actually pull their waist in smaller you know so if i put a measuring tape around someone's waist when they're completely relaxed around their belly button and then i said pull it in um most people would have an idea of what that means and that's doesn't have to get a whole lot more complicated than that with most people is okay well did you feel that did you actually feel that that took effort to pull into a certain point okay now when you're in that point of discomfort and that point of effort it's the same as any other exercise it's it's pushing uh slowly over time whatever you can kind of keep track of so some of it is how far can i do it you know so you say okay pull in as tight as you can and that's okay now man i've got a gun to your head and i say pull it in as tight as you possibly can you're going to get some people sucking in a couple extra inches and then so it's basically staying at that perceived level of effort and then from there it's as simple as timing things you know so again if that's what you're looking at what's a given set for waste control is are you putting it to maximum intensity to so as far as you can contract those muscles um, and then, you know, keeping track of how long you're holding it at those points. And then over time within what I would call maybe a set is taking your sets longer. I mean, that's the, the basically the volume dose within a within a set, same as an exercise going from eight reps to nine reps to 10 reps, you know, within one hold, if you're going from 10 seconds to 15 to 20, and then the same way you would do anything else, um, it's just uh, increasing the over volume, the overall volume dose over time, you know, so going from, okay, well, I'm doing that for, you know, one or two times, for 10 seconds now i'm doing it for one or two times for 30 seconds now i'm doing it for three or four times and about again holding it for 30 seconds each um, and then multiple times a day i mean to the point where if it's really a priority you know you're doing that three four times a day um, and that's really it is so training basically is the ability to prove capacity um same as any other muscle in the body so you can prove capacity by how far can you pull it in that's kind of like increasing your run, one rep max again except for that exercise and those muscle groups and then progressing your ability to actually hold it over time so basically increase the volume muscles can tolerate um and that and that's about it i mean it's the, you know and then the difference between that and any other muscle is ultimately once you kind of hit where you think your point is for the most part to the point of diminishing returns of how far and how tight can i get this in you know the difference is you're not trying to make those muscles necessarily as big as humanly possible so you don't have to try and get creative i say the only way you can really progress load um, is literally doing it the difference between an empty stomach and a full stomach um, but after that point it's really about how long can i hold it so just increasing your duration because again most people would like to be able to hold their waist tight to some degree anytime they have their shirt off uh, and then anyone that competes says well can i at least hold it as tight as possible you know for the anywhere from two three five ten minutes they're on stage you know if they're doing good and they're you know posing and doing comparison rounds and all that kind of stuff <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, with a lot of these sort of exercises and things like that, it, people get very emotionally attached to them and they think that that's where a lot of their training should lie. Now, obviously with today's climate, all our information is coming online. All of our information is coming from uh, Instagram, social media, everything like that. What are some tips that we can give people that uh, to follow the right information or to take the right things away from them? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a real tough thing. I mean, if I had a great uh, answer, then, you know, no one would ever be spending money on things they shouldn't or no one would ever be wasting time um, doing stuff that gets them hurt or whatever. Uh, but, you know, some of it is before, you know, so the people that I think people should be, you know, it's twofold. I mean, you know, when most of us start working out, you know, a lot of people are just listening to a buddy or reading something out of a magazine or things like that. Um, so. But again, the, the difference with that is the buddy's not saying, hey, I'm an expert, you know, follow me and give me your money. You know, the person's just saying like, oh, well, that person has a weight and here's what I've been doing. And you're saying, oh, I'm going to try that too. You know, so I don't ever think there's anything wrong with uh, people that are putting out information. Then there's tons of people that are basically just in great shape and they like working out and that's their qualification. But that's all they advertise. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, so people like, man, I just, I like him. You know, he, this stuff seems good. And, you know, I want to look that way. Um, again, if the, the person's ever saying, oh, well, if, they're, if, they're, if the consumer or the individual looking at that information is ever saying, oh, well, if I do exactly what he does, I'll look exactly that way. I think that's kind of their mistake. Um, but there's nothing wrong with, hey, I'm just kind of getting a glimpse of what somebody's doing on their own. They like this and that. Um, and if they just follow that, I don't think that's inherent. Not really any expectations set forth of, hey, this is my job. I'm going to give you the best possible information. Um, but then the same thing is people, when especially when you're spending your money um, or really having a managed, very specific outcome, you know, it should be mostly the same people. I mean, look for people that are actually have some sort of qualification. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody should be following anyone online and paying for any form of training, whether it's any form of, you know, uh, you know, principles outlined or a specific program or whatever, you know, unless that person has done that for their profession. And, and again, there's to me, there's only one type of trainer. Um, and, and again, it's when it comes to exercise and exercise prescription is a trainer that's actually worked with bodies in person, you know, for some period of time. Um, now, again, there's nothing wrong with managing variables. So, so some people just like the ability of, okay, well, I'm going to have this person tell me, you know, eat this or eat that, or here's a good option, or I just want somebody I'm literally sending pictures to. So again, there's the whole online coaching realm. Again, the variable of accountability is great. And that's what a lot of people are basically managing. Uh, but again, when it comes to exercise prescription, I think the best people to be looking at now, again, are the people that have done it for uh, a living, are qualified to actually train bodies. Um, and then from there, then there's kind of just the big asterisks again, where the same thing, there's a whole, you know, there's kind of that's, that's, I'm painting that as kind of black and white or two different people, but there's, you know, a whole host of gray in there. Um, people, I think, that are really just putting out great information. Again, do I, do I need some super, super specific exact plan that's going to be the best plan at this moment? Um, no, I mean, I think some of the best stuff people are going to get at this moment is just things that mentally and emotionally help them the most. Um, so I think for the most part, I mean, a lot of people are really just trying to do their best and just, hey, I'm just I'm, I'm telling tell people just move every day, do something physical every day. Um, you know, so again, there's the whole thing is the way that it always is. I mean, there's probably some people that I think maybe they knowingly are kind of taking advantage of the situation where it's like, OK, they're just trying to capitalize off of people's you know uh, extreme need now for something very specific but from what i see i'm seeing 90 percent of it i mean that's half of it if there's people that were, were making our livings with some sort of online coaching presence 
I mean, we're going to keep doing the same things we've always done, you know. So it's again, I'm just going to try and put out a lot of free information for who wants it. Um, and then again, if you have some sort of coaching platform or you have something where you're providing workouts or things like that, you're going to shift to the demand that people make, you know. So again, if I've got a lot of people saying, "Hey, I want this or I want that," you know, there's some stuff I can give away perfectly fine to do for you know a minute video or five minute videos, you know, on some sort of social media platform. But when I get people wanting very specific stuff, where it's a you know an individual plan or programming. Um, or really expanding on a specific concept, then a lot of us are just doing the same thing we've always done. Where it's you know again through either specific programming or accountability or you know some sort of content um, you know site or something like that. Well, yeah, that's that's a few things that I definitely wanted to touch on there because you did do a lot of years in the trenches, twenty plus years, you know, working one on one with clients and helping them change bodies and fix them and help them feel better. Now. Obviously, the videos that you put out on your site, and when you're actually going through some of these workouts, they're twenty, thirty, forty minutes plus um, explanations and voiceovers. How did you manage that? Were you like that when you were taking one-on-one clients, or was that something that developed once you moved onto an online? Platform? I mean, I think it's something. You know, I joke. I don't know if it's good or bad because as we're obviously listening to right now, I'm not capable of providing short answers for anything. Um, but I don't. I, I mean. <laughs> Maybe again, I, I don't think I'm doing it because I like to listen to myself talk. Unfortunately, I'm a human being, um, and so I, maybe there's some of that, whether it's conscious or subconscious, I don't know. Um, but as you're, you know, the whole goal, I think, be trainer. It doesn't have to be anything specific, but the goal of being trainer is obviously you're accumulating experience and hopefully you're accumulating experience, producing results, and then progressively able to deliver better and better results. You know, so how that happens, I think, is just. One is from day one. I mean, when I started training people, they knew I was brand new, and I told them that.、Um, and again, it's not super hard. Again, especially that's why I think most people should start with general population to find out. Okay, well, how can I get this person moving more?、Um, potentially doing some things that are going to put on some muscle. You know, hold them with some degree of accountability to what they say is important to themselves to maybe you know actually in a deficit and lose some weight. Um, so again, you just start with being realistic with your clients and honest with your clients,、um, and as you start to hopefully do the positive things that you're qualified to do at that point in time, you start producing results. You basically just kind of accumulate, you know, this hopefully rolodex of all this actual human experience of what you're seeing helps people produce results,、um, and then at the same time, you know, hopefully you're investing in continuing education. So this it's kind of this constant ongoing thing. Where it's like you're gaining this new stuff, hopefully through certifications and seminars and online stuff, whatever it is. And then when you're working with people, you're you're always kind of it all goes through the filter of how can I actually integrate this? Where is this actually going to have a place and a purpose?、Um, so I think that's what happens is where it's like you know the if I was good, I could say 10 seconds. Someone says, hey, well, what's a good exercise for biceps or whatever?、Um, and so what I you know the the short answer maybe right when I started I would have said okay well Arnold said you know barbell curls that's it that's the basics that's where you start、um, and then just as a result of having trained the you know thousands of people you know or having ten thousand hours plus of training people、um, and then accumulating you know you realize it's not that simple because again all of that is really well what actually can I do for an individual how do I individually apply that and then what result have I seen so as you just accumulate all this. Like, well, shit, that doesn't actually work for everybody. And then there's also aside from what may or may not fit, you know, for you know whether it's mechanics reasons or whatever doesn't matter.、Um, or if it's there's also the thing is like, what's necessary? Okay, well, really, I could pick 20 different bicep exercises for Miss Jones. Like, when does she ever have to train biceps, or how should she train them? 
Um, and what are maybe if there's 20 different things that could appropriately do it, how am I picking that one for her? Um, and so again, once you kind of put it through all the, the filter of stuff, um, that's why I just end up talking for a million years on things. Uh, because again, it's the sake is to be accurate, you know, and that's the tough part with online. I mean, it doesn't matter how long I talk in a post. You know, if I do a post or I do a video about an exercise or even with a pretty loose concept, my goal is maybe, you know, 90% of the people listening to it, it's going to be applicable and help. Um, there's going to be a 10% population or whatever, so hopefully a smaller population of people where it's it's not going to help them or they're going to take it the wrong way or it's just the wrong information. Um, so that's why, like, my, my whole thing is very, I don't, you know, a lot of people say, like, kind of, I wish I had, like, a sexy one-sentence answer I could have for, like, what exactly I do. Like, what's my thing? What's my deal? Um, you know, but I don't really have one. I have stuff where it's like that all of my shit is long. All of my videos take forever um, because I'm trying to always get concepts across in, in them. It's never just, hey, do this exercise for big biceps. Here you go. Um, it's going to be a long conversation about, okay, well, what do you bring to the table? You know, from an emotional, mental standpoint, what do you bring from a physical standpoint? You know, and here's some principles you could apply. So again, if you're training in your garage, you're training in a gym, you're training at home with what you have at hand, how can I apply those principles? And then again, managing from that point, uh, the outcome. So that's like, uh, if I have a thing, it's like people that don't want short answers. <laughs> um, you know, it's, that's probably what I provide more than anything. Again, there's a time and a place for short answer. If I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, that's the goal of the trainer is to be able to provide short specific answers for that person. Cause nobody, the average person doesn't want to hear half an hour answer. Uh, but again, when I'm speaking to people online, my demographic is people that want to get their head wrapped around concepts a little bit better so they can kind of make educated decisions for themselves. And then again, if I have a lot of people that I help that are trainers or professionals in some way in, in you know, the fitness field, they want to be able to create solutions on their own, you know, kind of within the parameter of, okay, I get this concept, I get this principle, and then they kind of just make it and make it their own and do their own thing from that point. Yeah. And do you think, especially now, um, talking about Mrs. Jones' client, you know, the average gym goer. Do you think, con I personally think that right now, concepts are probably more important than the actual execution of themselves. You know, I would rather some of my guys uh, talk and learn more about some of these fundamental concepts that you're talking about, rather than going out there and just trying to do exercise for the sake of yeah, doing it right and, now. You know, and, you know it, all, it all depends. Uh, so again, these are, these are conversations that I think, um, this is, I think it's a great time <laughs> for trainers to actually realize, have I taken the appropriate steps with my clients? Uh, and again, I've, I'm speaking vastly from personal experience, you know, from having worked with a bunch of new trainers to great trainers, the trainers that are solely good at this part and not actually, you know, have the best tools in their tool belt. Uh, but are you taking the time to kind of get on the level for, you know, I always say the tools themselves, you should be completely unemotionally attached to. The reasons you're doing this stuff in the first place, it has to be, arguably the most emotional reasons in your life otherwise you're not going to stay you know dedicated this is the difference obviously of dedication and motivation um, and again that, those are the conversations trainers absolutely mess up the most from either not having them or not having them long enough and again i'll speak from personal experience i didn't have them long enough especially like when i actually learned this is why it's great to learn systems in the first place um, because again, it's coming from people that might have some more experience than you and then maybe maybe have some more emotional depth than you or emotional maturity. You know, because I joke when I first started training normal people at 22, like what, how the hell can I relate to a 50 year old, uh, you know, person that started and built their own business and, you know, they have kids that they're worried about now getting from college or whatever. Like, I, to be honest, I just didn't have a lot of life experience to relate. 
Um, and as I start to accumulate, one is just trusting the process that I've come again from people teaching before me. And then two is I actually accumulate some of that stuff. I'm like, okay, like th this makes more sense now because for most people we have to realize like they hate working out. I mean, maybe some people like it after the fact. I mean, even people that hate working out and like are just aware of, okay, I feel better afterwards or I feel awake afterwards or I feel alert afterwards or just a sense of accomplishment. Um, so with your normal people now, I mean, I think that's where people are realizing like if, if everything's you're like, God, I can't get people to do anything or nobody wants to do at home workouts or I'm having a hard time doing this or they don't want to blah, 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 whatever. I mean, that might be it's well, the, the conversations now are some people like they're going to have their normal routine disrupted, but you kind of got to circle back, hopefully, to the original conversations you have. Like, well, what is this for you? And the reality is, you know, people are just trying to make the best decisions that they can um, to, to hopefully set themselves up generally to be the healthiest that they can be. Um, or physically, if the obviously physical appearance is massively important to a lot of people. And again, with the tools at hands, I honestly think this is a time where for most normal clients, the specifics of what you're doing actually doesn't matter a whole lot. Because again, for again, for a normal person, you know, what does it take to be healthier? I mean, being healthier has nothing to do with having as much muscle tissue or lean tissue as possible. Um, obviously, you can make the argument for sure more is better. You know, you can argue uh, for a whole host of reasons from hormone reasons to how it helps you manage, you know, blood sugar reasons and things like that. Yes, are massively important. I don't know the exact amount. You know what I mean? It's not, oh, you have to have this amount of lean tissue or that amount of lean tissue or whatever. You can make the arguments that you don't want a certain amount of body fats. But most normal people now, if you can just help them find ways to stimulate their muscle so they're getting some good quality muscle contractions with whatever frequently um, you're going to help them either maintain body weight or stay in a deficit there's no reason people can't be in a deficit right now um, so there's no reason if someone if it's important to them you know it doesn't distract from your life in any way shape or form to lose body fat right now um, and then again if there's physical and emotional benefits especially for longevity and health standpoint it's not hard to do right now. I mean, you just need some sort of resistance applied, you know, and you're going to have some sort of lean tissue or keep some sort of lean tissue or stimulate that lean, lean tissue, whatever that means. Um, and again, so the average person right now, you know, just helping them get over, okay, things have changed. If this is still important to you, then here's just the new norm for the time being. And here's what we're going to do. And because that's the end of the day too, I always say like as technical of a person as I am, I have to realize most people don't give a shit about that. Again, even, even at the elite level, <laughs> You know, a pro bodybuilder, you can tell this person's been doing it for 15 or 20 years. They're trying to literally be the best bodybuilder in the world on the Olympia stage. Some people don't give a shit about the exact tool. If it's you can give them this tool and they're, whether they believe it or don't believe it or they think, oh, maybe this kind of makes sense or doesn't, if they start applying it and a muscle group gets bigger and a joint that was hurting stops hurting, then they're going to be like, oh, shit, this is it. They don't really care about the specifics of it. They're still just there for their results. Um, and so it's the same with normal people. You know, it's just getting them over a little hurdle of who gives a shit what you're. You shouldn't really care in the first place. And to be honest, I don't really care what tool we give you either. You know, let's just manage the expectation of what we've got now. Uh, and so, yeah, again, I'm honestly for the average trainer now, because there's a lot of trainers now that are kind of scrambling. What can I still do for my clients? Obviously, a lot of us are still trying to make some living. I mean, we know hopefully there's a lot of people not trying to capitalize now. It's like, OK, it's like people jacking up prices of hand sanitizer and shit. You know, so as long as there's not people doing like shady, weird stuff of like, oh, I'm going to just try and do this whole thing where it's out of fear mongering. If you're not working out or being healthy now, you're putting yourself at risk. I mean, but there's still a lot of people. There's nothing wrong with trying, still trying to make a living. Uh, and I think if your demographic is the average person, you know, you're going to still have a huge uh, role now. You're going to still have a huge uh, service that people need and you can provide where, again, you're just kind of like, OK, the tool doesn't matter. And here's the new tools that I'm giving you. And then it's the accountability, the encouragement and all that kind of stuff. And I had a conversation with um, 
uh, the other day with Mark Coles on a live. And if anybody doesn't know, Mark Coles, one of the best, you know, business owners in the, the UK of a private training facility. Now he does a education development for trainers. And we talked about now this is always massively important, but a lot of people are doing like, you know, video training now and in-person training. Um, and people need now more than ever the physical benefit. They need a break from their day, right? <laughs> so again, most people's days now, it's whether it's mm-hmm. from just, you know, people don't like the unknown. People don't like disruption of routine. People don't like feeling like sometimes, because obviously what the most of the world is being told to do now is nothing. And uh, if you gave people more action, they'd probably feel better about it. But it's like, just sit home and don't do anything. And if you're actually a person that's very action driven and, you know, just like, shit, I just got to literally sit here and do nothing for a month or more. It's like the worst advice they want to hear. So they're just kind of constantly living on low level stress. So if they get a break for their day where they're in front of their trainer and even if it's kind of a silly workout they're going through or whatever it is, if the trainer can do what they should always do and actually leave that person, you know, no matter what happens during that session, no matter what exercise they choose or is it total body or push pull or body weight or bands, it doesn't matter at all. If the person leaves that session, they've had the ability to maybe vent to their trainer. The trainer shouldn't counsel anybody because we're not qualified to do it, but you're more than welcome to listen, ask questions and listen to the answers. And for people now to be able to vent and then for you to be positive and encouraging and just to put it into people where they come out of a session where they know they're like, man, they've got to vent all this stuff out loud, whether they know they're doing it or not. And at the same time, they just hung out with somebody for a half an hour or an hour that was positive and motivating and encouraging. They're going to come out of that session like shit, like this is the, you know, whether they know or not, they're going to feel probably better at that point in time than they have the whole day. So people really, really need that, that break now. They need that outlet. Um, and again, it's a lot of things at the same time. They can have this big, this dump, you know, their ability to things um, out loud that they're thinking um, and then get obviously the physical benefits as well too is from just getting obviously heart rate up and muscles contracting and, you know, these positive things that we want to see happen hormonally. Um, so again, the, yeah, the average trainer, we've got a lot to do now. And I always say with the big asterisks, like I said, there's some people now <laughs> You know, there's medical professionals that are probably working twice as much as they normally worked. Um, and there's some people that are out of their jobs right now. So they literally don't know the next time they're going to get paid. You know, so if a trainer's job, first and foremost, is hopefully to take care of people as human beings. Um, so the best thing you can do now, some people literally won't be able to pay for coaching or pay for the services they were before. But those people you can help them in any way, shape or form. You know, you might part of your time, you know, five days a week for them or whatever, like you used to. But if you really let people know now whether they can pay you or not, if you still actually are concerned for their well-being, can help them. I mean, that's that's one. It's I think it's the right thing to do in the first. It's going to go a long way in the future as well. Too, hopefully, a lot of people that are really financially struggling right now, you know, can get back to you know some level of normal as soon as possible. Yeah, well, I really hope uh, personal trainers are taking that sort of that sort of route because you need to be you need to be very open and it took a long time to build that relationship that we've had for the last years uh, you know as working as pts at the big box gyms and things like that and now is a more important time than ever for them to know that you actually give a shit about them and you know you want them to succeed through this so that they can come back and you know regardless whenever the gyms re- do reopen back up uh we want them to feel good we want them to feel stronger than when, yeah. when they left yep yeah, absolutely. So now let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more about the Mrs. Jones um, person. And let's say they started with absolutely zero equipment, and they had to get through to the next three, four, five, six months um, of training at home. What if you were to say three pieces of items that you would recommend? Um, where would you start? You know, so obviously the the the, the limiting factors. Of this with a lot of people are obviously going to be um, accessibility and, and money. 
Um, so just for the reason of thinking about accessibility, the ease of using it anywhere, and financially not being a huge strain is, you know, some sort of bands. Um, and again, it's, you know, people are always, I, I understand why, you know, people ask me specific questions because obviously I imply often that this specific answer is the best answer. Uh, but for the most part now, I mean, I, you know, I have some of the big kind of heavy duty bands that you use obviously within training that can be, you know, providing a couple of hundred extra pounds of resistance on a bar or whatever, you know, so it's nice to get some durable bands or whatever. But I tell people now a lot of times, it's like just what you can get, especially now. Um, you know, so I, I have at home, I mean, I have some kind of heavy duty bands that I bought that are basically made for commercial use, you know, from powerlifting or whatever, which have a great place now. But I have a couple sets of bands in my garage that I had already bought um, that are just literally off of Amazon, you know, where it's once where it's you get, hey, here's five different bands of five different levels of resistance. Um, and it comes with handles that you can click on and off of them. Um, and so for most people, that's the absolute first thing I would buy um, because it does, it makes a big, big difference. I mean, there's not too hard for lots of bands you know at some point of the range of motion for people to be able to add 50 pounds um and again for mrs jones you know do you need a whole lot more weight than that i mean it's basically the time when you need more weight than that is when you're turning you know mrs jones transferring from mrs jones into a badass um, which i joke with a lot of trainers for clients is um you know your ability to actually do the right things and walk the walk because we know a lot of trainers get into it just because they look good you know, and they've had people and lots of times looking good came easy to them. And so over the whole course of their life, they've had people ask them, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And they think at some point in time is, well, shoot, I might as well make some money for answering what I do, uh, which may or may not. Lots of times, unfortunately, that can make someone the worst trainer if they're basing it on, on personal experience. Um, but so I always say for trainers, that's the evolution you should have, though. If you really know the things where if you basically just, you know, normal, there's a lot of trainers that were just normal people, um, very average genetics that have worked their asses off and have turned themselves hopefully into the badass. I say that trainers should be to some extent. It obviously doesn't have to do with an exact amount of muscle or body fat, but you should be the example for actions. Um, and so that's, again, the evolution of a client should be if you always want to have somewhere to take your clients, you take a Mrs. Jones and try and turn them basically into yourself over the course of years. And that will be clients that you have for long periods of time. But the point being now is pretty much everyone at Mrs. Jones level can get to a looking amazing level uh, just with bands. I mean, I mean, that's the reality is it's again, you wouldn't lie and say, oh, you're going to get huge. You're going to get jacked. You're going to put on pounds and pounds of lean tissue. But the average person literally can put on enough lean tissue to be the definition of look good. You know, if you have the, the great place to start with Mrs. Jones and say, what's your ideal physique? You know, what's an example? It's great to have some sort of end goals. They're going to show you somebody. And normally when they start, you know, they're not showing, you know, physique Miss Olympia is their goal, you know, or, or most guys aren't showing, you know, Phil Heath as their end goal. Most normal, you know, they're going to show, fuck, I don't know who's young and good looking now, but I'll, I'll say Brad Pitt because I'm old and uh, I don't know what a girl's that's I'm just I'm just publicly telling everyone what males I find attractive, apparently, because uh, I couldn't even I couldn't even think of a female example, which maybe says something. <laughs> But they're going to come with something like that. They're going to give an example of someone lean and with some muscle. Um, and again, most people can accomplish that with bands. So I'd say bands first, uh, you know, next dumbbells, depending on the person, the people. I mean, it's funny. It's like two, three weeks ago, I was telling some people that were asking me that I'm personal friends with um, that finances aren't a big issue. And I was saying, man, get some adjustable sets of dumbbells. You know, there's plenty of different brands that have basically, I think it was uh, PowerBlock was the first company I ever saw make them, you know, two, two decades ago. And now there's a whole bunch of different companies that make basically the interlocking dumbbells where it's one little station and you can be from five to 70 pounds or whatever. Uh, if someone can find those and they don't mind spending, you know, three, 400 bucks. I mean, that's honestly a whole shit ton of dumbbells in my gym that I had bought from my wife, my garage gym. And I wish when I had gone back 
that I had bought one of those. Um, but if you can't from there, I'd say the next step is just accumulating whatever dumbbells that you can. Uh, because obviously the advantage of a dumbbell over a band is, you know, at certain parts of band, when you start an exercise, it gives you a pound. And then at the end, it could have 50. You know, so there's times when that gets tricky, where it is an advantage that a dumbbell basically always pulls straight down, you know, however much it weighs, 10 pounds. You know, so I'd say start with bands, then from there, move to dumbbells, just kind of accumulate whatever you can get. Um, and for the average person, there's not a whole lot they have to get after that. You know, I mean, I, I would think, again, if you're just looking to look good, move good, feel good. Because I, I wouldn't want someone, I don't think there's ever anything wrong home gym. But there's some normal people that their whole reason, they don't want anything at home because the gym's their escape. Everybody under the sun now will slowly invest in a home gym, you know, spend two, three grand. And then when things do go back to normal, they're like, I wish I hadn't spent three grand on something I'm literally never going to use now. Um, you know, so for most places, I think those two things are the best place to start. Um, and then again, depending on where you're at, you know, the next step I would say would maybe be, um, you know, a bench. And then the biggest jump from that point for people who really want to go a step further is some sort of power rack. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You know, it can be a very, old, uh, there's tons of come called like a garage gym rack or some variation of it where literally it just needs to be a three by three rectangle. Um, and if they make the simple adjustments of, you know, the safeties and the, the J hooks that you put the, the bar on have a lot of adjustable holes, that just opens up a whole world of basically, honestly, you can do 90 if you really need to do. And again, there's a couple things for like, you know, elite level bodybuilders or people that I would say, yeah, this, there's a time and place where machines are very beneficial and all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of the progression I would take. And that's really where the biggest jump is from, you know, first bands or whatever dumbbells you can find. And then from there, do I want to actually get, you know, a power rack? Um, and again, if people look around, I mean, everything's impossible to find now, uh, but there's great ones that you can find brand new, you know, that are, you know, five, 600 bucks, uh, which I know is a lot of money, but it's not, it's not insane. Um, and then if you really do some looking around, you, you can find some used ones occasionally um, for a pretty darn good deal, so. Yeah, definitely. And look, I think the beautiful thing right now is, have you found that, um, your DILF maker program, which is the Dads in Love with Fitness program and um, your website and stuff. I feel like this has sort of been a bit of a good thing for that because it is so versatile and you're putting so much stuff up on there and you're able to, uh, I guess, really showcase some of the home workouts that you can do. Uh, How I is mean, the DILF maker honest, going? right away, I mean, it's, you know, that program I had basically just launched um, maybe, you know, a month or, month or two months before all this kind of hit. Um, so I honestly really haven't been pushing it a whole lot because um, I, one, I don't really want to feel like I'm doing anything more than normal right now and kind of see what the new normal we establish is. Uh, so honestly, like right when all this kind of happened, I think due to some degree of uncertainty, a lot of people were like, well, I can't do my gym anymore and I can't do this stuff anymore. You know, so I think there were some people just kind of putting everything on hold. Uh, but now, honestly, yeah, as we're kind of getting into some people realizing for at least the next couple of weeks or months, more than likely, this is the new normal then yeah i'm having a lot of people that seem to be showing more interest on okay well oh yeah there's lots of stuff i can do here with dumbbells and bands um and then again the same thing with the garage you know base program which again is the dilf maker program i honestly haven't um you know pushed or promoted it a whole lot um and then again for the same reason i want some people to kind of you know get adjusted first and kind of see what their new norm is and, and that type of thing uh, and then yeah i'm happy to provide the solutions that i've you know i had before all this kind of stuff was going on um but yeah, so it's, it's a tough balance because at the end of the day, like I said, I've, I've always, I've never really wanted to feel like the pushy salesman type person. You know, people say, oh, how do you start a content site? How do you start this or do that? And I was like, I never really thought about it. I had people ask for it, you know? So we have people ask for stuff. 
then you know the demand's there and you're not trying to push people things in people's face so yeah i mean i've had people more important people just kind of organically asking about stuff and if i have a solution i'm happy to provide it um but yeah i mean i think it's overall i mean you know in some way it, it should be good for programs like that um, but again it's there's a period of time now where i just think it's i don't know i just feel like um you know when i i need i need to keep doing what i'm doing for my sense of purpose and obviously like i said this is what i do for a living i just like putting out information every single day i like to help people as much as they want it to be helpful um and but i don't want to you know really say oh hey everybody look at this program that i've got this and that again even regardless of the fact that it existed in the first place you know i feel like everyone's trying to also have some degree of tact and just be like well because you could always make the argument you know how important is working out in the big scheme of things um and again when someone's had their income cut off it's not that important um but when people are just basically you know maybe not they're bored right now or they don't they're kind of out of the routine and they're out of the normal then obviously your physical health is still massively important um yeah so it's kind of just a little bit of a shakedown period now to be honest where i'm i'm like well what do i know i can do i can just keep you know showing people options and give people more information and then again we'll kind of see how long all this goes and i mean yeah long term i think the nice part about some of this is coming out of this when we hopefully get back to normal again whatever our new normal is um and there will be a lot more people that are realizing how much they can get done at home and how little they can little equipment they can have and still get stuff done and again especially for the normal population i mean i think that's a great thing to have more options um and again have less excuses to just be you know physically healthy i mean i think it's going to be a good thing kind of coming out of this so maybe some silver lining obviously to the again overall vastly negative stuff that everyone is fortunately going through right now well yeah you know you have i think you don't really have an option in this case you know if fitness and health is a big yeah if it is a priority to you you're finding new ways that are going to stay with you forever which i love and i guess that's sort of where i want to finish off with you which is if we were to sort of pick one exercise i think i think chest is going to be one of the hardest things to i guess hit properly and hit effectively during this time and there's going to be a hell of a lot of push-ups being done how can we make push-ups I mean, the most honest, effective um, possible i think push-ups aren't too i mean it's it's actually one of the easier things i would say and again it depends on the person um so again uh i think one of the tougher again i hate to say it but for patterns patterns now to really give people adequate stimulus um again if we're looking just straight equipment is going to be back stuff um because at least the advantage with anyone having a band is uh, the simple thing i'm sure a billion people hopefully have seen it but wrapping a band around your back while you're doing push-ups you know actually kind of matches it makes the exercise better for lack of a better word in the first place so the simple thing of like well how tight can i get a band around my back uh the simple thing of if you have the range of motion available having some handles or something to put your hands on so maybe you can go a little bit past your hands if you have that range of motion available i mean i've i've been messing around with that myself and i've got a pretty heavy band that i put around my back i, I don't really know how many pounds it provides but if you think about what percentage of your body weight you're lifting on pushups it's moderately large already and then we play around with the options of maybe elevating your feet you know not getting into if that changes our path or whatever um but pushups aren't i mean it's it's a pretty pretty damn good exercise um and again maybe with a slight foot elevation hitting some pauses at the bottom and with a heavy band around your back i mean i don't know a whole lot of people that are cranking out 50 uh, and it, let's say hypothetically well, okay well, what's the most load i can get on myself and the most challenge i've got my feet slightly elevated maybe i've got a band around my back i've got a little extra range of motion i'm hitting a pause at the bottom i mean i think people being strict right now there's not going to be a whole lot of people that are doing 20 reps with great form Um, and that would be one of those examples where for that specific exercise if over the course of this you go from being able to do 20 to 50 
you're, you're going to get bigger. That's not the people get confused about, oh, if I start training these high rep ranges, I'm going to lose tissue. It's like, no, you have the option. Um, you know, squats with six or eight reps that are 400 pounds, or should I with body weight? It's not the same example. You know, it's when you have a pretty significant amount of load and you're already in those kind of higher rep ranges and you progress into even higher, you're going to get bigger from that. Um, and I've posted this and I've said it a couple of places. I guess I should have said that for, for the Mrs. Jones, it's always not the, the best piece of equipment, but for even the bodybuilder group now and the people with more tissue, I, I mean, I'm rings are great. <laughs> rings are one of the best things you can possibly get right now, I think. Uh, because again, from an upper body standpoint, you're literally looking between pull-ups and dips. Uh, and again, as long as you have something unmoving that you can attach those to, again, once you get the form down, once you get the control down, which is a big challenge, I mean, I know what somebody looks like when they can do ring dips with a 45 pound weight around their waist, and then they can do pull-ups, ring pull-ups with a 45 pound weight around their waist. Um, so just having that is for most people an end goal in mind. You get yourself some rings, um, and you could potentially have at least some parts of your upper body bigger coming out of this thing. I think a lot of people, not for Mrs. Jones, but for a lot of people, people with more tissue legs will be the bigger challenge. I think at this point in time, um, again, to get enough load maybe through, you know, your hips and through your quads and things like that, you know, people that were squatting, you know, 400 pounds plus with good form before, it's going to be more of a challenge, not saying it's impossible, but that might be a little bit of a bigger challenge. So, um, yeah, that'd be the thing for, again, d depending on the crowd, Mrs. Jones, I don't really think we'll have any real limitations now and the people with a little bit more tissue. You know, I'd say for lower body, if I had to pick, or up, excuse me, upper body, I had to pick one thing, I would pick rings. Again, just, just giving those two relatively simple examples I gave and people using that as their end goal over the course of this, uh, you know, something's going to come, could potentially come out the other side with more tissue, you know? Yeah, definitely. And look, I think this really puts into perspective, you know, your, um, your philosophies along with a bit of Ben Pekulski's philosophies, you know, where it's all about that exercise execution, um, which is going to be just more important now than ever to get right. And I think focusing on that purposefully and actually putting all your effort into that, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, can put, put bring you away with better. some really good benefits. You know, thing is that people are actually having a really good awareness now of again, like you said, what well, what range of motions do you have? You know, do, are you actually using control through the entire range of motion of a given exercise? That is such a great place for people to start to just reestablish because you'll have very big, very strong people now. They're like, wow, like now that they kind of have to look at this, they're like, wow, was I really making this? You know, you know, if you can squat, if you can squat 500 pounds with good form. You know, there's no point to ever going to 200 pounds and trying to have great form. Most realistically for people, it would be the regression of their loads a, a little bit to actually take their form back up to the next level. And that happens. I mean, that's a balancing thing that if, if you're really working hard, you should always go back and forth with where, okay, I've got good form and I've really progressed these loads. But now some people are going to have a little bit of a wake up of, man, am I really just making this as challenging on myself as I can, which I think is the stem of bodybuilding. Um, and as a result of that, if people kind of go back to that one, you know, some people will put on some tissue, it'll help you hold tissue. But then kind of like we talked about coming out the other side, I think that has, for lack of a better term, a corrective benefit. So it's like, oh, I'm actually like aware of keeping my hips and my midsection and my, my around my legs tight in the bottom of the squat, some stuff that might've been giving some issues can tend to resolve. And then coming out the other side of it too, is again, you go back to using those heavier loads and you've got this kind of newfound or reestablished or, or revamped form again, you're like, oh my gosh, like I can actually make this load so much harder. So yeah, there's for sure, even for the people with more tissue, um, it's a great time to just kind of reestablish your parameters. Of, and that's the simple version for a lot of people. I mean, there's 
some complexity to things that you're trying to prevent, you know, overuse injuries down the road that you might not feel or see immediately. But for most people, the stem of bodybuilding, again, going back from, you know, when bodybuilding really, as we know it now, started, you know, 40s and 50s and 60s, you know, through the Arnold area, it's just the simple idea of getting your head around. It's like, I'm just trying to make this as hard as possible on myself. You know, it's not just A to B. You know, it's 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 a tool, again, to try and challenge myself as much as possible. Um, and yeah, like you said, this is a great time to kind of reestablish how can I make that challenge uh, as hard as I can. Yeah, definitely. And I want to sort of finish off here by actually on your site, you really only sell, you've only got two bits of items up for sale and that's a t-shirt. And I want to, I want to get out that quote and I want you to explain a little bit because I personally love it, which is your training intensity can never be too high. Your execution can never be yeah. too perfect and your nutsack can never be too big. That's, that's, that is oh, just yeah. great. Really um, what do you, do you think that still applies now? When I'm actually thinking intensity, um, I, I think that depending on who you talk to, the definition of intensity from all, for all intents and purposes for training is basically uh, relative, um, you know, amount of load relative to your one rep max. Um, so again, I, I do think it's vastly important um, that once your execution is perfect, you're working at the limits of the, the parameters of the loads within the parameters that you set forward for yourself. So again, if you, let's say you literally have whatever perfect form means to you, you know, you're trying to train in that six to eight rep range. I mean, that really everyone should always have the end goal that you can always put more weight on the bar. I mean, that's that's the problem is when some people get too form focused, um, they just say, ah, oh, you know, I don't really ever need to move up weight. I can just keep making these, you know, these 200 pound squats harder and harder and harder. And the reality is that everything should be progressive, you know, and I like things that are quantitative and progressive. So the intensity really is not just you might perceive of like, oh, like I, I joke, it's like the CrossFit version of that was an intense workout. And again, not to be a dick, but like from the technical standpoint, most CrossFit workouts are the opposite of intense. They're normally extremely dense, crazy amounts of volume in a short period of time. You know, the most intense workout should be when someone does a one rep max. That person gets up off the bench and says, oh, that was intense. I mean, being a nerd, uh, and obviously most people don't care about getting technical jargon or nomenclature right, but that's technically intense. Um, but I think that notion needs to always exist within training, that you are working at your physical limits of, of actual load, you know, and, and given volume that you're using for, for bodybuilding. Um, and then, yeah, and then your execution can never be too perfect. I mean, that's the first, the first half of that quote is basically realizing that that's the end goal is there's points you can't actually get to. As long as someone's deadlifting 800 pounds and you're not, you have a place to progress intensity. And as long as someone is really making an exercise harder and more challenging on themselves than you, you always have a place you can progress execution. Um, and then the reality of the whole uh, nutsack, which may or may not be offensive by joke, it's it's a metaphorical nutsack, so it applies to the ladies as well too, which is still just disgusting and really, if you think about it, and highly offensive. So I apologize to everyone if my mom ever listens to me saying that. I think my mom's seen my shirt. I just like just don't ask mom. I'm sorry. Um, but there there is absolutely this component of how how far are you willing to take things, um, you know, and, and are you willing to do things that people are uh, other people are unable to do, um, and that's really what that absolutely this you know non-tangible you know qualitative factors uh, that i've been lucky enough to, to see um which is normal people with some of the best people in the world as hard training individuals is some people are literally just willing to um endure more pain and, and put more stuff on themselves than other people um and that's and that is that's absolutely I, I would say arguably because it's that thing that predetermines your willingness to take the other two variables as far as possible um because again that's the thing is some people are unwilling to ever really address their form because they just don't want to do things form for them is the thing that's uncomfortable and painful um and then same thing for the other people that people like to squeeze the pink dumbbells all the time 
the really the, the reason they're not progressing intensity or progressing loads is because that's something they're trying to avoid um, and it's it's a pain or a level of whatever discomfort they're not willing to endure so yeah as much as that's a silly kind of quote you know and uh, depending on who who's reading it someone finds it highly offensive and disgusting <laughs> it's uh obviously it's just the conversations that i've that i've had and i used to joke especially yeah training with uh, ben you know for for years uh, that was kind of the joke is sometimes people won't get that because a lot of people used to look at some of the stuff that ben would do or he'd make other people do and you know the nerd will be like oh that's stupid that was too much that was overtraining or that didn't make any sense but the reality is some people you know if you're only going to go train with ben once you know if you're going to go train with him for a few days or anybody for that matter if someone comes and trains with me for a few days yeah i want to give them some nerd stuff like okay here's better options here's some concepts to take away but most of the time i'm always trying to show people that they have levels that they're still capable of going to that they haven't gone I mean, nobody likes that. Nobody likes that answer because I always tell people, well, everyone asks me all the time, how do I grow this? How do I do that? And I go, well, however hard you think you're, because everyone thinks they're training hard. You ask them like, oh, I train hard. That's not the issue. And I'm like, well, in my professional opinion, it is the issue. And it's always the issue. Um, and so people have gears that they can still go to. Um, and again, people like to use everything as an excuse. They like to use drugs as an excuse. It's like, oh, well, no, that person's just bigger because they take drugs. You're like, no, it's possible that they're actually training harder than you. And then you get, again, the the nerdy, the sciencey people like, oh, well, that's not it. Training to failure is too much anyway. You can't really recover from that. That's not for natural individuals or that's not for whatever. And I'm like, well, no, that's not, I'm not saying you should do 10 sets of 10 if you're natural, but the ability to take, um, again, is still tends to be the biggest or one of the biggest things that people lack and so that's again something that I, I really what Ben was one of the people I really got exposed to that a lot from is we would literally do something sometimes for lack of a better word on paper we're stupid like yeah this makes no sense within a programming standpoint but having gone through this experience endured this level of pain and done things that other people won't do now you have an idea of where you can still take things and it might not be appropriate to go and do that thing again next week but again someone again when someone comes and trains with me that's normally something I always think people are thinking, oh, I'm going to learn this for me squeezy thing. Uh, and literally I'll take like a year or two off their life on like a hack squad. And I'm like, well, that might not actually be appropriate, but that can be your end goal that you still have that place you can go within your training. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's captured as well. That's, I was at least proud of myself for that little quote because it's like three sentences, you know, or whatever, um, where normally again, it's, I can't put a half an hour conversation on the back of a shirt, uh, like we just had, because otherwise that probably wouldn't be quite as catchy, but. <laughs> and yeah, look, as obviously yeah. being um, being from down under, I don't think too many people are going to take offense to that. <laughs> I think we I think we love it. And yeah, man, look, obviously the way that you talk about some of these big concepts is just incredible. And I'm trying to sort of bridge that gap between the Mrs. Jones and the bodybuilding side of things because, you know, like you said, the intensity has to be there. And I want people to understand the concepts behind that so that they can reach those levels in in their time frame in however long it takes them um mm -hmm. if that is their yes. goal and like you said we want to make them badass <laughs> um so uh, tell us joe where can people my, find you how can people work with you for social media is instagram and it's just uh my handle is hypertrophy coach uh, for anyone that can't spell that it's just hypertrophy coach um is it, that's how it's actually spelled is how it sounds um and then uh, i have a youtube page which is pretty good i don't put as much time and effort into that uh, but Instagram's the main place where the stem where you'll find all of my stuff and anybody interested in more stuff got that same link in my bio that everybody does to all of my my stuff and then my my biggest thing that I provide for people that want more than free content um, you know I have basically it's a, a website and an app um, that's basically just you know the same content in two different formats probably something you'd be on a desktop or an actual app um, and so that the, the website is hypertrophycoach.com the app if you look in 
you know, the app store or Google Play is just hypertrophy coach. Um, and that's honestly, it's the only issue I have with those is it's too much information for most people. Uh, again, but I'm biased. The amount of information on there, there's literally hundreds. Uh, there's, you know, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus hours. If you look at the Q&A, hundreds of hours of educational material on there. Um, so for again, people actually wanting some specifics, there's specifics on there for people wanting to go levels of nerd deeper. There's some nerd stuff on there. Um, and, and yeah, like you mentioned before, I now actually have like a, a DILF maker program, which is well too, which is the joke is it's for, it's geared towards men. Uh, I'd actually started with one I had geared towards females, which eventually I'll kind of revamp as well too. But it's more for the normal crowd. So for someone that wants, uh, it is, it's garage gym programming. So for most people, garage gym, or for people obviously that just don't want a whole bunch of shit going on, it's people doing commercial gyms as well too. Uh, but it's monthly programming where I provide you with, uh, again, literally every single month you get brand new programming. Workout write-ups, videos, walkthrough videos, uh, and then again access to me, you know, private group, and I do a coaching call. As well, too. Um, so there's all my shameless plugs, <laughs> uh, but again, it is what it is for anybody wanting that kind of stuff. It is there, and like I say, I always, I'm more than happy. If you know anyone that follows my stuff on Instagram knows, uh, like we said, I, I don't do a whole lot of stuff short. <laughs> so if you want a lot of free information. Um, and you're bored right now just look at my free information that is on my uh, my Instagram and my YouTube because there's there's a lot a lot of stuff on there uh, and then I'm more than uh, understanding and happy for people that that's all the further they ever want to take it it's just whatever I'm giving out for free which is cool because I'm the same thing growing up I had a ton of people I got free stuff from I've had a million you know certs I've paid for a million consultations I've paid for so there's never anything that I'm kind of promoting to anybody that I haven't done every level and in between um, myself so Yeah, and look, we um, I think we definitely have a little bit more time in our hands than usual. So I really encourage everyone to get out there and look at some of this long form stuff because it can really, and I can say this from a personal side, it can really change the way you look at training, exercise, your life, how you actually, why you train, all these things. So I really encourage everyone to get sure on problem, it. Man. Joe yeah. Bennett, Happy I can't thank you Thanks enough for, for jumping me. on board with me here today. Nah, too easy, mate. All right, well, we can leave it there. I hope you have an awesome day, my man. (sighs) Just incredible and still just on such a high that I was able to get the hypertrophy coach on board um yeah look after listening back to it uh the lag a little bit was there so i apologize for that Uh, i think it was just going from us to oz so uh back there at the end there it sort of sounded a little bit sketchy but you know i really hope that you look at the content that's in there and just how much effort he goes into trying to explain and sort of give information and give some real world insights to everybody listening no matter whether you're no matter where your sort of mindset is at with it whether you love training or hate training and you're doing it just because you know it makes you feel good but you don't enjoy it and then to the people that are willing to do anything to get the most out of this time he talks to everybody and that's what i love you know he's always thinking about solutions to the problems i really really suggest that you go and look at a bit couple of his videos get on there and try and get the perspective and the concepts because those concepts you can take anywhere a workout during this time you know and just paying for exercises and workouts um i don't see a massive 
I don't see a massive benefit to people long term. This is a great time to be looking at concepts and understanding what actually makes a muscle grow. What can we do if that's your main goal, or what are the actual mechanisms to losing fat? Because all we, all we really think about is that we all tie all these things to the gym, but in reality, it's that's a very small part of it, and a lot more of it is actually about you, you know. Actually, doing these things that unsubconsciously, and you know, it's when you start to drink more water, and when it's when you start to get more sleep, and you start to be more strict with your、uh, calorie intake, and all these little things. So now's a great time to look into those. And yeah, I just, I if you didn't get all of this、um, information and it was a little bit too much, this is one I would definitely recommend coming back and having a second listen to, and you know, actually trying to take some notes, especially if you know. You're feeling a little bit anxious about the about home training because yeah, there's just unbelievable amounts of information. So thanks again, everyone, for joining me today. And yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. You know, Joe talks a lot about you know bringing solutions to the problems, and that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to get everybody and myself to answer as many questions as possible, so that there's no confusion and. You know, I hope that's sort of coming across. So, if there's anything you want to know, if there's any questions,、uh, feel free to flick them through. And you know, I'm going to do everything I can to collate a lot of great speakers and guests and answers for you guys, because that's really what it's all about right now. All right, peace out, guys. Thank you so much.